2: I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo press now. Eight. This is going to be a
0: really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got our crew all back together again. We got John the Mountain Man Stokes. And we got Chris with us, too. Yeah, that's me. So, what we're going to talk about today, guys, is we got a full show. We got. Not only are we going to talk a little bit about the Bourbon Trail Open, we're going to talk about the top three rage quit moments from that tournament. We're going to then hit up the errata because that's what everybody's talking about since it's coming out today. And then finally, we're going to talk about these new captains because they're a thing. So that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. So John, you and I went to the Bourbon Trail Open, both had a pretty pretty good showing in it. I ended up finishing five and one and you ended up going four and two.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess you call that good. I was, I was a little disappointed, but yeah, it was fun. It was all right.
0: Well, I think you were most upset because you dropped a game because you kind of
2: was lazy. Did, yeah,
0: I didn't think <laughs> things out. Yeah, it turns out Scott they can go pretty far to get a goal.
2: Yeah, but we we got to start. We got to tell the best part of the story is my trip up there.
0: <laughs> okay, it
2: took us six and a half hours to make a trip that I thought we were going to make under five hours. Because as soon as we got on 40 West and got a little bit like two, point of no return, rock slide, road closed. <laughs> so, you know, I live in the mountains. It's me and the Greenville guys riding up through the mountains. So we take this little highway that I didn't know about, but I'm like, fuck it, Google knows. As soon as we get on there, it's like every every church, every church we pass, because we're in the middle of nowhere, every church we pass, Josh is in the back going, snake handler church, <laughs> snake handler church. <laughs> It is the it's the kind of place where it's like the houses are like you know half a mile between, and every house you go by, there's seventeen cars in the yard, and they're like none of them run probably. There's just yeah. junk everywhere.
1: It's like a scene out of the TV show Justified.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, very much. But the the worst part is, you know, we're going up mountain roads like 25 miles an hour, hard turns, and all of a sudden it's like foggy as hell. Can't see ten feet in front of the car. And Mike starts going. We're gonna get raped. We're gonna get raped. We're gonna get raped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys sent me that picture, and I was like, "Are you guys gonna die?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know what the fuck was happening, but we. Uh, it was. It made it interesting. It definitely woke me up. Well, as long as yeah, you don't was...
1: start hearing the banjo music playing, I guess you're good. Well,
2: well oh, I did. Four, I heard. I heard 40 Mike was closed
0: it. when we were going back, and instead of being a ten-hour drive for us, it ended up being like a thirteen-hour drive.
2: Oh yeah. And yes, and, and Mike was <laughs> a lot of deliverance jokes happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we ended up getting there though. We ended up uh ended up finishing pretty well, not not too shabby. I ended up finally getting a tournament win against John because it's been a while.
2: Yeah, it's first one. Congratulations. Yeah.
0: yeah, with Rage and and his girl Gutter. Gutter was killing it, man. Yeah. You know, I didn't think you know, six or seven takeout games was a viable option, but apparently it is with Union. Why didn't
2: you think that?
0: I just, like you were saying, John, when we played our game, like, I I just think people can get to, you know, four takeouts and get a goal quicker than I could get to six, but right. Union starts killing stuff pretty quick.
2: The thing is, I mean, you play teams, and if they do score on you, you do have the missed snapback option always yeah. locked and loaded.
0: Yeah, so they literally can't score until they get to eight points.
2: Right, which is what I was trying to do versus you.
0: Yeah, with your cute little Fahad goal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, that's, that's a win. <laughs> yeah, that was
0: you did get it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was kind of interesting though. Just some of the some of the pairings, and I actually got to play against Alex Botts, so that was really cool. Uh, I probably pulled Pete Carroll and dropped the wrong captain. Why do you do rate. this? <laughs> I th- you always do this, Pete. I thought I could, this, I thought I could spread this, him out. I thought I could spread him out with Blackheart, but he was not fooled. <laughs> <laughs> well, you thought fucking wrong. I did. So
2: you thought you would show Alex Bot something he hasn't seen before. Good, good thinking.
0: I, I know, right? Good guy, guy that is. plays more guild ball than who knows. But yeah, it was, it was still a fun game. Uh, I definitely learned some cool things from watching him play, just kind of how... He, he just has his positioning on the board, and he just kind of kept it. He didn't, it, it was very hard to lure him out of kind of his formation that he was running. So it was, it was cool to see how he ran it. But, um, yeah, I ended up losing that one. Uh, John also lost to a Chicagoan, Zach Gray.
2: Made me, made me sad. I was watching that one. Yeah. Always pre-measure, guys. Always pre-measure, especially when you're up on the clock.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were up a lot, and like you said, if you just would have thought it out and been like, okay, how far can this chick go, can she score right off the bat? Because, yeah, you just needed one point and a clock point to win.
2: Yeah, I was half an inch wrong, guessing, but it happens. <laughs>
0: it does happen. Yeah. yeah, and I ended up getting, uh, getting a bunch of swag from the tournament. Not everybody did, but I, I ended up getting it for being top in guild for Union, so that was pretty fun.
2: Or from being somebody's favorite, whatever. You and, you and Menendez just, must I'm, have, like, a little thing going on. I'm just on. that That's nice
0: cool. of a guy. I mean, was, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got Brad Moreland his card because Chris and I kept forgetting to link up and get that sent out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was mostly me forgetting that, but sure. Dude. Yeah.
0: and he, Dude, it was really – that was probably the coolest part about going to this thing was, you know, just talking and meeting with a bunch of people that you talk to all the time on, like, the internet.
2: Yeah, and actually
0: putting a face to it is just, that was probably the coolest part for me.
2: That was just you. No, I don't talk to people.
0: <laughs> you didn't talk to any of your
2: adoring fans? I don't have any fans. If I do, that's y'all not. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true. Mike Klein wasn't there to give you a hug. Uh,
1: I, yeah. I also agree. Anyone that's a fan of John is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going
0: to talk about the games during uh, Bourbon Trail Open. The only thing I will say is that I dropped Rage five out of six of my union games, and I feel like I probably should have dropped him six out of six times because the more the more I play Rage, the more I'm just like, this is so awesome. <laughs>
2: oh, that's good advice. Oh, did anybody give you that advice before the tournament? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> we are going to talk about Vet Rage next week. We're not going to talk about him this week because we got a lot to cover. So, yeah. I mean, it was a fun tournament. I had a great time meeting people. Um the liquor at that distillery were, was pretty good. I had, you know, nice, some nice, tasty drinks.
2: Yeah, when we finally got it, it was really good. It yeah, like,
0: yeah. The bartender, she, she was definitely pretty late to to the event. So, so the one thing I do want to talk about with Bourbon Trail Open is there was top three rage quit moments at this tournament. So there were three events that really stood out to me. That was like, yes, this is exactly what rage quit is all about. So I'm going to start with number three here. The last round of the tournament, there were two guys next to me at the next table that were from the same meta, and they were playing, and they were kind of getting really heated during their game, and at the end of the game, I just hear one of the guys go, you got every single fucking die roll you needed. You got everything you needed, and that's why you won the game, and he's like yelling this across the table, and the guy's <laughs> trying to calm him down, and he's just like, no, no, it's bullshit. yeah i don't know if you heard that john but it was pretty hilarious i did
2: not i was i was all the way in the corner playing that uh that mort's player (laughs) or that my mason's player sorry
0: yeah it was just that was really funny to see and i mean we've all been there i know chris you and i sometimes especially you i'll start talking to you and you'll start getting mad about how i'm trying to you know reason it and you're like no no that's not how it happened
2: yeah speaking of speaking of mad pete i'm trying to, like i just come off the of loss that i thought was i shouldn't have lost and i had to play pete who just lost to bots which yeah you're not gonna win that game so i'm trying to like wow you know, really don't tr-
1: have faith in pete
2: no i don't sorry i didn't think I, I mean not like i had faith in myself either but i think i walked i walked in the tournament with bots and I'm like oh, nobody's gonna beat bots with butchers they're too damn good right now but anyways back to the story i'm trying to like make myself feel better because i'm a little pissy I'm playing Pete. I'm like, ah, it's my boy Pete. I can have fun with this. And every time I try to have fun, nope, Pete's in fucking kill mode. I'm like (laughs) I'm like making jokes and like, oh yeah, what about this? And like Pete's just like, I'm in fucking kill mode. I'm like, all right, man, we can't just have fun and play here. No.
1: I don't blame you. Pete's passive. Yeah.
2: No, he was in freaking straight game tournament mode there. And I was like, I I don't care anymore.
0: I was. That was like round was that round five? Uh
2: it was a lot more than round five of drinks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was. I was kind of, I mean, I was just going at that moment. I mean, yeah, I was just like trying to grind these games out. But, yeah. <laughs> so that was,
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know what you want from me.
2: <laughs> I want to smile, Pete. That's what I want during a game. I, I want to smile.
0: That's fair. Usually I'm pretty lighthearted, but I don't know. I guess I wasn't in the mood uh, on Saturday.
2: <laughs> no, not not during that game. <laughs> All right,
0: so. The second Rage Quit moment from the tournament was during the tournament, all the metas kept getting paired up with each other. And that includes the Chicago meta. So you had like bots got paired up with, I think, Pat and Pat got paired up with Vince. And then I think a couple of them had to play against Zach Gray in their meta. So they were definitely getting a little little angry that they kept getting paired up and then i also started getting a little mad because i had to play john and then right after john i had to play josh white so it was just <laughs> it was just we- i shouldn't say it's weird but you know it's definitely frustrating when you got to play against people from your same meta yeah that fucking and sucks tur-
1: nobody wants have a to tournament that, that big drove for hours
0: so and i was actually going to ask you guys that obviously the pairings are random but if you're the to and you see that there are people from the same meta playing and you have other people from different metas with the same record. Do you make that switch and you say, okay, these people drove all this way. They don't want to play against the same people or do you just let it stay
2: random? I think I'm switching that. I don't I, see. I mean, who I has a problem with that? Switch it. If somebody has okay. a problem with it, I need to know why, because I don't see why anybody would have a problem with that. Cause you, you drive to these tournaments to get different games and play different people. Cause if you want to play those fucking people, then why drive 10 hours?
1: Yeah. So the only the only defense of that that I can reasonably make is I can understand that somebody might not want to appear as though they're doing anything to favor any specific players. And I can see somebody doing that and not adjusting it if the players are still undefeated, right? That, that they randomly drew whoever they got and they're they're all those guys are still undefeated but as soon as people have a loss to where it's really not going to affect the outcome of who wins the tournament cuz it really yeah it, it's just not going to affect that outcome it, so then i would say definitely switch it like create a better experience for the people that you know took that time to drive out to adjust their their games and and then the the last part is Some people will say, well, that can affect your strength of schedule. You're intentionally altering. First of all, TOs aren't paying that close attention to it. Like, they're just saying, okay, well, I can switch these two guys, and then they're getting to play people from separate metas. And secondly, that strength of schedule tiebreak is bullshit anyway. So, I mean, like, hey, you fucking lost, so we don't have to worry about protecting your strength of schedule anymore. You lost.
0: Yeah, and I mean... The last two rounds, I mean, I like playing against John and Josh, you know, they're they're good players, but I would like to play against, you know, like some of the Chicago guys in that last two rounds. Like I could have played against, you know, Pat and I could have played against Vince or I could have play, played against Zach Gray. So there's a lot of different players I would have liked to have had a good game with and, you know, try to. I mean, I can go up to Asheville and play against John like pretty much any weekend I want, right? Whereas obviously the Chicago guys I'll see maybe twice a year in the same tournament.
1: Yeah. So. And I think that there's also people that want kind of those, uh, dream matchup sort of things. People that aren't even at the event, they want to see how uh, top players are doing against each other. And so I think that it does everyone a favor, even internationally to kind of create those pairings. I like the idea of callouts in the early rounds. Uh, round one, two, whatever, uh, to where you can intentionally try to get with somebody that you don't often get to see and, and you want to be able to compete against. I think that that makes it more fun. I, I, I understand somebody saying, hey, I don't want to mess with it. The one time I definitely would not mess with it is I already said if the players are undefeated and more importantly, if there's an uneven number of undefeated players and you're affecting who gets a pair down. I would never yeah, touch that's... that because people will flip shit. But if players have already lost, if you know it's toward the end of the tournament, whatever it is, I definitely would would adjust it. I think that a good example of this was an event that we played with some guys that have a more casual meta and toward the end i I think neither of the two guys from that meta had won a game so they were paired up against each other at the end and they both just decided to drop and play a different game you might be less likely to see those drops if you intentionally pair them with somebody else that has uh a game coming that they haven't played against
0: yeah I, i definitely agree with uh with everything you said there, Chris, and it's just it's I, it's up to the TO, right? Each TO has a different opinion, and it, they they may switch it, they may not. And if you if you ever have a question as a TO, I mean, you could always ask the players, right? You could say, okay, do you, it's set up randomly where you guys are going to play each other. Do you guys want to switch and ask both pairings, and if they're fine with it, then switch. If you're not comfortable making that call on your own,
1: yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good idea as well.
0: Because some people will be like, no, you need to keep it random. Whereas another group of people might be like, oh, yeah, go ahead and switch. I don't want to play against this guy. I play him all the time. And it was funny, though, because Josh White actually was like, yeah, Josh White was the pair down in the last round, and I got the pair down. So I knew once I got the pair down, I wasn't going to place in the top three. And Josh was like, yeah, Pete, literally you have no nothing to gain by playing me. It's like, if you beat me, it's like, okay, you know, you're supposed to, and it's not going to help your strength of schedule. And if you lose, then yeah, that's bad for you too. So it was a lose-lose for me. Yeah,
1: hence the strength of schedule thing is bullshit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's worth looking at, but it's it's tough. I mean, especially when you have random pairings. But the last Rage Quit Wire top one moment of Bourbon Trail Open was one of the locals that came to the event with us, one of our locals. He played in a game round three where he was an Alchemist player and he was playing against the Butchers. <laughs> and, you know, Alchemist players, Chris, how do Alchemist players play in season four?
1: They have had some rough times. They, okay, they, they're but only, what's the play style. But what's the play style? Uh, they kind of tank. They have to hang back. They have to choose their spots. Um, most people are going to play smoke. And so you'll bring up smoke once in order to get all the legendary stuff and then Pretty much pull her back and try to just shoot him for a goal. Chris, if
0: you were playing against Alchemist as a butcher player, what do you have to do? Uh,
1: I don't want to bunch up before she's used her legendary play. And then I want to make sure to engulf whoever I'm going after and and make sure to kill him. I don't want to just leave them are, out. And are about. you
0: hanging? Are you hanging back, like in your tenderizer countercharge bubble? No, I don't. Even, well,
1: when I play a team like that, I don't even take tenderizer because, so, like, the countercharge bubble just means that they get to range me to death.
0: So the butcher player basically brought tenderizer, tried to sit back and wait for the alchemist player to come into him, and then when he didn't do that, he started kind of calling out like the our alchemist guy and it was like you know i can't believe you're not coming up the field and you're not engaging me and he's like well if you're gonna sit back i'm gonna come to you and he started coming to him and and our local backed up to the point where you know he's back in his deployment zone and apparently the butchers player who lost 12 to 2 had such a bad time of it he actually dropped out of the tournament after that and said and i can say this because he put it on a blog that he posted on twitter he said it was the worst un-interactive game he'd ever played in Guild Ball.
1: <laughs> you know, sorry, first of sorry. all, I let me tell you why I don't believe that. Because I've been playing those Butchers against that Alchemist player extensively, and I know how he plays. Yeah. And he is not somebody that refuses to engage. But I've intentionally been trying to coach him on how to play those Butchers and how to deal with that, and so... The problem that I'm going to guess actually like what really happened and I'm just guessing this just knowing one of the guys and understanding the other guy took Tenderizer to create that bubble. I'm going to guess that guy when he saw, okay, he's not going to come into my bubble instead of reacting and saying I'm just going to go full blast and uh, swallow up these individual guys and shoot my my butchers in there. I'm going to guess that he tried to tiptoe his butchers in there and got him killed by one by one probably that, that that's what i would guess happened and the person that we're talking about just isn't stupid enough to fall for that like especially because i've worked with him a lot on that issue so it actually this story actually makes me really proud of him because <laughs> it shows that he's taken those lessons and i think that it's well, a good lesson for butchers players that as much as We hear from people that, oh, yeah, you take this Tenderizer bubble. Well, guess what? That doesn't work against Hunters. That doesn't work against Alchemists. That doesn't work against any team that can range you to death.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things like, did you want him to just walk up and let you kill him? Like, what did you want him to do, right? Yeah. It's like Alchemists don't have to engage you. They can hang back and just throw these character plays at you. And if you don't run up and engage them, and I played an alchemist player round one, and I used the ball in all my running to get up in midfield turn one, and I even charged up and triggered Compound's counter charge because I didn't want that keeping me hostage the entire game. You got to get up in there and just force them to engage you. And then once you're starting to engage models, they get sucked in, and then that's when you kill them. But it was just – it was funny to me to see somebody rage quit so hard that just that one game caused them to quit the tournament. And I'm just like, wow, that must have just been a miserable experience. <laughs> That's like a Chris Ewan experience.
1: Well, I mean I don't – I've gone off many times in in this format on, on this podcast about people that just refuse to engage. And I hate how the rules, you know, work that way. But what you're describing isn't and knowing the Alchemist player, that's not what took place because if he's winning twelve to two, it's not that he just refused to engage you and one on clock and all that kind of stuff. Like what happened was you weren't willing to go in and be a real butcher's player and blow someone up.
0: yeah. and it's just one of those things where, you know he's a smart player. He's like once he figures out a guild that he's really comfortable with, he's definitely gonna. You know, become a decent player in our meta. So I'm I'm glad he had some positive games uh, in that tournament. So, moving on from Bourbon Trail Open, we got a bunch of Rata stuff to talk about. So, let's just kind of go through this. There there was a bunch of nerfs. There's a bunch of buffs, and we're just going to talk about them real quick. First one that I want to talk about is the Butcher. So Butcher has got a I think it, it wasn't a lot of changes. People were expecting the Butchers to be nerfed, but really they come out of this pretty unscathed. So bullshit. What did you guys,
1: <laughs> so what did you guys think no, about No, they really the, did come out pretty unscathed, John. I don't know why you think
2: that's bullshit. Yeah, no, it's bullshit that they came out unscathed.
1: So what was the one thing that did
0: change really?
2: Do I have Butchers player? You're you're the Butchers player for now.
0: So, Chris, what was the one big change with Butchers?
1: I don't remember. Oh, uh Tenderizer.
0: Okay, so what did they change with Tenderizer? Yeah, so
1: Tenderizer, the basically the way that he'll get used has been altered. Well, he
0: ended up losing his counter charge.
1: Yeah, so so no more of that counter charge bubble. Like there, people are going to have to play the butchers and go into people like they're supposed to.
0: He got a new character trait called Celebrate This.
1: Yeah, so he's going to automatically be able to do damage to people.
0: Yeah, so basically if you score a goal while he's within six inches of the goalpost and any models that scores a goal takes four damage. So I mean, it's cute and it's kind of cool butcher fluff wise, but I don't know if this keeps him in the lineup anymore. I think it actually drops him probably out of most of your lineups. Well, the thing
1: that I, I'd like about, about these changes is I like that it created a situation for the butchers where there's more cost. For somebody to go into go in and score, right? They're they're automatically going to take that damage, and it's likely that tenderizer. Let's say the model has, you know, four four uh, damage on it, and so they're down to ten. Right, fourteen is a pretty average stat line for a scoring model, and. You know a, a model like Tenderizer or another butcher model can reasonably do 10 damage with a full stack. and so it means that that model's probably getting killed. and so there's a real cost to them going in. And then I like the outfield defense. It's you know basically still ups the TN, but it allows him to step out a little bit further from the goal post, which is really nice. And so I, I was
0: gonna say that was the one thing that I did like about the change is that basically looking at the change, it, it makes it where you can actually play him up with your team as opposed to him being so far back.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's what I noticed is like people get so attached to that counter charge bubble that there is a point where you're discouraging people to come into you and then you're discouraging a score. But once that egg is kind of cracked and you know you have started engaging – you're left with this model that's kind of hanging back by the goal doing nothing and just staying back there. I think that it actually is a really smart change for SteamForge to make because it encourages a more sped-up gameplay. Like, you're, you're not in, like, a standoff anymore. Now it's like, okay, we've made it a little bit easier to kill the model that comes into score, and we've encouraged you to be able to bring Tenderizer up. Like, I think that this is a change that has a lot of foresight to it, and I actually give Steam Forge a lot of credit. And even though I think that at face value people are gonna say, Oh, well, they took away his countercharge bubble and this is a nerf to tenderizer, I don't actually think that it's something that, you know, drops them into being unusable. I think that it just creates a more active game.
2: I think he's even better up the field more because I mean the, sure, because he has the, he
1: has the easy the easy knockdown and stuff.
2: Right, his playbook got better first of all, because they combined his tackle and double push to a tackle and double push and moved his knockdown up by one. Still got ground pound, and now he can be six inches away from the goal, and you need a five to, to hit a goal. I mean, he got better, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ca- losing counter charge, some people rely on that a lot, but there's a we all know there's a lot of ways around it. But he got better.
0: Yeah, I mean, he got better as far as like positioning around the pitch, but I mean the way that that kind of cagey I'm going to sit back and make you come into me type of play style isn't available anymore to the butchers, which is really they, I think that's if you read kind of like why they changed him, I think that's kind of one thing they thought that butchers do all this high end damage. They shouldn't be able to control the pitch as much, as much as they were.
1: Yeah. So, so I like this. I think that it encourages just a more active game for players. And so well, obviously love using my butchers. I still will obviously love using Tenderizer. I think that he's very useful in having that knockdown on two. But, yeah, I don't I don't think it makes him unusable. I don't think that people should be dropping him from their lists or any of that kind of nonsense.
2: Yeah, I, think okay. you can, I think you can use him up the pitch as a beater now because he still has a great playbook for killing. He does. Attack six, two-inch melee. I mean, you love two-inch melee in this fucking team.
1: Yeah, he's got a decent he amount too. of boxes too. I do love two inch melee in this team.
2: Yeah, I, I don't understand how that's the only change that happened to butchers.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, I was expecting something with ox maybe to change, try and encourage more fillet drops, but I guess fillet is being broad enough where they feel like that didn't need to change. So I don't, I don't know.
1: No, she I was. I think that this solves the one the one big issue with the butchers, right? Like they they shouldn't be able to be this control team that does burst damage and i think that that's a reasonable adjustment but the other things aren't really crazy you know they're not it's not crazy for ox to have a six inch r instead of a four like that's that's not nuts
0: well we'll see i I imagine a bunch of people are still going to be playing butchers especially after we talk about their new captain coming up later but onto
2: onto the guild okay
0: (laughs) we are waiting on captains till the end okay but but talking about the guild that did get touched in the bad place with the nerf bat how about them hunters
2: i hate you jamie whoever jamie whoever you are i hate you all
0: (laughs) so some of the big changes here they were doing
2: god's work
0: so chaska is back to his season three
2: status no he's worse he's not worse how's he not worse he does boombox for four damage and he can only do it once. Now he used to be able to do it th- as much as he wanted.
0: Like three times. Yeah.
2: He used to be able to knock three of them off at a turn. Now he can knock one off. What do you do with him? He's unplayable.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't say unplayable, but he's definitely not as you know sexy as he was.
2: You're going to play him. If you put hunters on the pitch right now, you're going to play him. I didn't say that. You're not going to play him.
0: I am not going to play him. I, I'm more likely to drop Jakar again. See, uh,
1: they so just, yeah. it's like they just gave you back Jakar.
2: No, yeah. he's still because Jacard didn't get any better. He's still trash. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Easy. So the playbook basically stays the same. I don't think. Oh wait, no, they did change it. They moved the double push to two hits instead of one. The
2: one thing they kept him survivable because it's really hard to keep him in that rough ground anyway. So that he's a you know, three-one 16 box. He's gonna he dies quick. Yeah. So the double <laughs> the double push was keeping him alive some in some situations. So now we make that harder to get.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it can. I mean, like you said, it pretty much puts him back to his season three form, and I'm just kind of like, eh.
2: Yeah, riding the bench.
0: I'm, yeah, exactly. Get back on the bench, Jaska. And then they end up changing the bear, John. So what did they do to your poor bear?
2: Well, for some reason, they thought the they thought a bear was doing too much damage. A bear. <laughs> it's a bear. It's 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 a bear. It should do the most damage in the game because it's a bear. But anyway. Yeah. So they, they took the double push off of one for a single push because a, bu- a bear can't push you very far. And then they moved the mauling up from four to five, and which makes it just as bad or worse than the unmasking, which it was modeled after, right?
0: Yeah, it, well, it makes it significantly harder for that bear to hit that reliably. Like it's
2: Right, whereas unmasking is a three-inch pulse, so you can do it to people you're not engaged with. Now, if you get engaged and you start losing dice, the bear's just not going to hit it. Yeah. And then the biggest damage they took away crucial artery, so he doesn't get the uh, bleed when he does hit everybody with the mauling.
0: Yeah, and everything else is the same, uh, or is the same. And I don't know. I mean, I I feel like you could still use the bear, though. It's just not going to be the damage output just got reduced a lot.
2: Yeah, you're gonna. I mean, if you're gonna play and trying to kill things, you got to still use the bear because there's not. I mean, that was the only real damage dealers in the guild.
1: The, yeah, they, almost... those two models, Chaska and the Bear, were such overwhelming auto includes that they needed to do something. And having played, I, I think that we've already talked about this on the podcast. When yeah, I, I played with Pete and I played Chaska or or Scatha, the problem was with these. I I know John loved the hunters being all beefed up, but the problem was with the Bear and Chaska the way that they were. You could take Scotha and you could score three goals on a team, or you could get all the takeouts that you needed. Like, you had so many ridiculous options. Like, I understand that you loved that, but it wasn't a good setup for the game. Like, it was, no, no, it was I, a terrible idea for the game.
2: I agree the Hunters were too much in Season 4, but, I mean, you took away everything they you took all all the damage away. How do well, they kill well, things now? Well, yeah, so they made them
1: a finesse team where you like you still have Scatha being able to do all sorts of cool shit, and you still can run Theron. Like it's just that they're not this burst damage. Like the bear was fucking ridiculous because the bear could put out more damage than like Boar,
2: and now he puts well, out a lot less damage than Boar.
1: And he well here, it, here's the, here's the thing though,
0: like I would be okay with those two changes. However, the nerf to Zerola makes it where I'm just like, well, now, now I just feel like, um, I kind of feel like it's too much at that point because now it's like, why do you even bring Zerola? Like, why do you even, I don't even know why you bring Zerola anymore. she doesn't like that. Besides that one turn, for those of you that don't know, Midnight Offering basically became a legendary play where now it's called Power of the Voodoo and you get to do it for free. But it's only once per game. So it's like I don't understand why you would bring her unless it was just like you needed unpredictable movement to kill the ball somewhere. Like I, I don't get why you bring her anymore. No,
2: Maybe she doesn't you need to it. link
1: She's... her with
0: Fahad. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean if you think it's funny to get one, one cat goal, but that's one goal. I mean well, – after that, I don't see. I mean, why are you going to put influencer again to, to throw a chain bolas if you're spending the two influence for her to do chain bolas? And uh, I don't know because she you don't want to hit anything with her because momentous two on three tack five is not good. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess you could kind of make her a scorer. Try to score with her. She's got yeah. some dodges. Uh, I don't know. I don't see where she, I don't see where you play her.
0: Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where. And obviously, if they change that for Zerola, Hemlock got the same change. But you can still do a lot with Hemlock. So her change to moving it to a legendary play isn't as big as Zerola's movement to a legendary play. Because, like you said, John, Chain Bola is is not that good where you're going to bring her for that.
2: No. No. I mean, Hemlock still got blind. She still got a two-inch melee. (sighs) I don't know. I mean, these three models are, I mean, I, I agree something needed to happen to hunters, but it feels like what they did to farmers in season three. Like they're just, well, they're done. Good luck winning with yeah, them. Well,
0: it, well, it's almost like you, it, it's like, are you done with hunters now? Like, is it like, I just, everything I like doing with this guild is now gone. So why would I play them?
2: I mean, I feel like they, since I started playing them, it's, they've changed a lot. I'm still going to love the Theron game, the control of it. But I lost the control from Jakar after season three, which I got over because, you know, you got all the other, because season four, they got a lot of power, a lot of killing power and did a lot more. But now Theron still controls, but I, I think it's just going to be tough to kill things.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I think it is going to probably make the game a little tougher for Theron, but I think Skatha can still do what Skatha does. So. Right,
2: but she's not good in every matchup.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right, but hopefully maybe you can start bringing some of those other models that can, that can help you out here. And we'll talk about some of those models here in a second, but yeah, I just, it, it's going to be interesting to see where the hunters go after this errata, cause they are definitely the one that got hit the hardest by this uh, nerf. Yeah.
2: They're the, they're the only one that had all nerfs and no buffs.
0: So let me ask you this then, John. So You have the hunters that got nerfed, but if you look at the falconers, they got buffed.
2: Right, but not the models that help that play and play for the hunters.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, it's just it's kind of like I don't know if you just bring other models and you try to make like the Herns work, or I think you got
2: I think you got to play Minerva if you want to do some damage because you got to get that harrier out, but. I just don't know. I mean, I mean, I can see where Jakar. I mean, Jakar with hitting somebody in a harrier is going to do a shit ton of damage. But yeah, if you we we both know if Jakar's around, he's going to die. Yeah, he's, he he easy, can't get. He's going to have a harder target. time getting away. Yeah, but still back well, in the shadows. I mean, I it, I'm excited to get Egret back out some because I always loved Egret and I kind of missed Egret. But
0: yeah, I think it's going to change the gameplay style. Like the hunters have been like this kind of I'm going to kill you and maybe get a quick goal, but. Now it's going to change to more of that hit-and-run and kind of finesse game that I, I just, I don't know. We're going to have to see what it looks like.
2: I think they got to be very standoffish now. Yeah. definitely. You're definitely not going to win any scrums.
0: All right, so we'll talk more about the Hunters when we talk about their new captain, so that'll be interesting to talk about. Okay. Uh, another thing that happened in the errata is the Brewers got this new model. I don't know if you guys... Uh, Guys saw his name is apparently Stave. Uh I don't know if he's a rookie or I've never seen him, so it's kinda kinda of cool that they got a new new rookie on the team.
2: Okay, so you think you think they did enough to make him playable?
0: Uh I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and run us through what they changed?
2: Um they gave him another influence? Because, oh and Law uh, Barrel was did Law Barrel change another another push another inch push or something? I don't know. I'm I've never played Stave. I don't even know. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, I think it was a 2-inch push, and they bumped it up to a 3-inch push, if that's right.
2: Yeah, and, it's 3 uh, inches now.
0: And then, also, they kind of tightened up his playbook a little bit. Oh, yeah, they moved the damage
2: up. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, so, he uh, he's definitely playable now, because if you look at him, and I'm just going to pull him up here so I can compare his new and his old card. So, he still has the knockdown on one, which is cool. But they moved two damage to the two. He also has three damage. And then he tops out at four damage. So he can do a decent amount of damage. And he still has those nice pushes. And he has two influence now. So he's not going to limit your team that w- that way. And then, yeah, he's still a 2-1. So he's still pretty easy to farm and hit if you're uh, if you're going to do that. But I think the bigger thing is they increased his movement. So he's a 5-7 now instead of a 4-6.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess he's cool. I, I mean, I like. I always wanted to play him because he's throwing a beer that looks cool. But then I guess with Esters, he can use his. He can use lob barrel for free, so he brings influence and doesn't use influence.
0: Yeah, and I think that's going to be really cool to see with Esters. Is that he's faster, so he can move around better, and he's a battery giving you two free influence, and he can lob a barrel and kind of break up the scrum. And yeah, I, I think it'll be cool to see him actually on the pitch and be. Be a little useful. I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't bring him in a tapper list, but I definitely think Esther's he can do some cool things.
2: Yeah. And he's still really easy to bounce off of if you need to go score a goal.
0: Yeah. That's just the thing. Like if you (laughs) position him wrong, he's still gonna make your day not very good. So yeah, I think that's the only thing saw changed on the Brewers. We got stave changes, he's a new player for the Brewers, maybe he'll see some play, who knows? But Another change that's... I I think the
1: two influence is the big one for him.
0: It is, for sure. Yeah. So, the next one that we see a little bit of change on is the Farmers, and this is just their captains. So, the only thing I believe that changed with the Farmers' captains is that they basically ended up uh, moving the damage up, if I remember right.
2: Uh, Yeah, on Thresher, they moved the damage up, and then they gave him the damage knockdown, which I think is huge.
0: Yeah, they gave him three damage and a knockdown, which is really good. And then they also gave him three damage, and they ain't tough. Yeah, on three hits. So that's that's pretty big. I mean, that increases their damage output pretty significantly.
2: Yeah, we had a lot of we talked about that a lot at Bourbon Trail Open. You know, Mike was playing Farmers and and how you know, Thresher just doesn't one round things like you like kind of like you want him to. Which eh, I don't want him to one round a ton of stuff because he he's He's a great scorer too, so he shouldn't be one rounding everything. He shouldn't be, you know, you know, like hammer at somebody, but. Well, yeah. hammer, I guess hammer's a great scorer too, but. Um, I don't know. I think three damage and a knockdown is huge for him because a lot of times you get, you know, if you don't take that three inch melee and you get countered by a two inch model and you got to take knockdown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes it like taking the knockdown with no damage kind of like felt bad when you were playing with him. Yeah. So now that if you get enough hits, you can do damage and a knockdown that just that's sweet.
2: Yeah. It definitely makes charging worth it, you know? So Grange, um, uh, the biggest changes, I think the, uh, help him out or is pretty cool. Uh, it was, just, I think he, he helped him out. He used to put it on just one model and now it's like a four inch or so everybody around him is going to gain that close ranks thing. And the other big one is now he puts out two harvest markers within four inches of himself. Yeah. Gives you a lot of, I still don't know what he does in the team other than just kind of hang out and let the other ones do, let everybody else do the work. But
0: yeah, I think he just hangs out. He puts help him out up, gives somebody tough hide and knocks down some models and then you move on to the next one.
2: Right. I mean, it's cool that he throws harvest markers out within four inches. You know, that's the, it well, gives you a lot of, a lot of, a lot more options. I think with the, with the Reapers.
0: Yeah. I mean, he just, I think it makes it where, like, basically Plowman was a better planner than him, and now this kind of he competes for that planner spot a little bit. So maybe you bring him and some other, uh, some other reapers. I, I, like I said, I think you I love bring, how Grange
1: has do compete for a squatty spot. I know, right?
2: <laughs> he would be, so, he would be a hell of a you know, squatty. He's a half-ass captain still.
1: <laughs> hey, at least he's bring, not even a half-ass captain. He's a he's a good squatty. That's it. I mean, I think he should, be, he should be able to play with Thresher.
0: He would be a really good squatty. Like he's actually like pretty legit right now if he was a squatty. Yeah. Captain wise though, I don't know what matchup you wouldn't bring Thresher. I, I don't know. All right, so let's see. Are we got any other major guild changes?
1: Alchemist, right?
2: Um, major guilds, uh, yeah. Alchemist. To the
0: majors. We'll talk about the minors here in a second. Yeah,
2: Alchemist Midas is a pretty big change.
0: Yeah. What was the change on him? I think the biggest thing was they took away Midas touch and they ended up making it a character trait instead of on his character plays. So now when he makes a successful attack, the target enemy model suffers the burning and poison condition. So now it's just, you don't have to, um, buy it. It just happens.
2: Right. Okay. That happened. Fulmination got better. Um, how did Fulmination get better, John? He doesn't have to remove a uh, condition anymore to get the dodge. So he, he used to have okay. to, you know. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Now, sorry, I got it backwards. To remove. So now he now he removes a condition, so you can remove. You know, you can use your venom. Who takes his poison? Take that poison from him and get dodges. Um, on the first attack, where you know, um, with Midas touch, he, he used to have to put up Midas touch, then make an attack, then get the dodge. Now he takes he just takes poison from somebody or burning from somebody, and gets the dodges the whole time. Helps him score a little bit more, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it used to you have you used to have it changes his activation order because you used to have to put a model on fire or poison to then get the dodge. Whereas now you can just remove a burning or poison effect, right? And you get an extra dodge to all your playbook results. So, that's pretty big change because now you don't have to set that up really with the enemy team. You can just pull it from a friendly team, right? Right. And another thing that they changed that's pretty small, but it it makes them pretty, pretty significantly better, is that they increased the lure of gold range by two inches. So, now you can make a model move more. It costs you a little bit more because it's going to cost you two influence, but... At least it's six inches, so it helps move models up the pitch a little better.
2: Right. Yeah, and I think the last thing was his playbook got a little better because he got the push dodge on two.
0: Yeah, they cleaned it up a little bit. They got they cleaned up the they, push dodge on two instead of a choice of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps. It helps him disengage from two-inch models and stuff.
0: Well, oh, yeah, because you can do the push dodge, yeah. and you get the extra dodge if you remove a condition. So
2: I think that's I think that's a really a huge one. A lot, I think that's a lot bigger than you'd think for for a scoring captain. Yeah, you know, just being able to go in and get a, you know two inch two inch dodge and a push to go to score. Yeah, I think it gets some on the table a little bit more. For sure.
0: Yeah, I think you can build a pretty decent scoring lineup uh, with Midas. So. I would try him. I mean, if I was an Alchemist player, I'd see how those changes affect the game.
2: Yeah, he looks fun.
0: Better than he was. And that's all we can really ask for.
2: <laughs> yeah, last. All right,
0: let's see here. Is that it for the big boy guild?
2: Nope, so you got think... one more.
0: Uh, oh. Yeah, we do have. We had the Morts.
2: Bullshit.
0: Okay, so why
1: do you say <laughs> yeah, this bullshit? Fucking Scalpel's
2: so fucking strong. She's So good. And Voodoo
1: string should be a fucking legendary play. This is fucking horseshit.
2: I just, thought, I thought, I think everybody thought something was going to happen to Scalpel, and all she lost was she can't use Spirit Bomb on her heroic play anymore, which it tones her down a little bit because she can't get pushed out, use a momentum she just got to push you back in. But
0: yeah, so so it makes it where if she has to do the Spirit Bomb, she's not going to be able to probably kill that model then, but it's still going to engage you and still mess up your life.
2: Right. And she still just plays pays one for second wind and okay. Yeah. See yeah, you.
0: she's still good. Um she's still gonna be a pain in the ass. Morts players are still gonna have a fun time with her.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they left that. Like it's just fucking mind boggling. Yeah.
2: I mean kinda,
0: kinda makes kinda makes me want to play Mortz.
1: <laughs> kinda makes me think that somebody who loves the Morts is in charge of the rules for Gilball. ball,
0: hmm.
2: uh, they
1: would never do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we love mm. you, Jamie mm. No, I don't right now, but
0: um, <laughs> and then, and Maybe tomorrow like we, already, uh, we already alluded to Hemlock got changed So she has the same issue Where Midnight Offerings now A legendary play called Power of the Voodoo, so it's once per game
2: But can still use blind for free Just take three damage Or she can uh, you know, Use smelling salt, remove conditions So she's still very playable
0: yeah, she's very playable. She's not. I don't think she's an auto include anymore.
2: Still has like a, I, still a two inch melee with a momentous tackle on one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would still bring her in a lot of matchups, but I definitely feel like before with Midnight Offering, she was an auto include. Now it just depends on the matchups. I feel like so still good, still good model. Definitely better than Zerola.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. I I would trade Zerola for her again, because I wanted to <laughs> trade her. I wanted to trade her when they first got her, but.
0: Now we're back to trading.
2: Yeah, she should have, remember. Remember, I still remember. I still remember Steam Forge. She should have been a hunter, anyways. We won that draft. True story. Or whatever draft, whatever it was.
1: You got Vit Ming, Stop crying. Uh, I want them both. Can't we have both?
2: We deserve both now.
0: And what? another big change that we see is we finally got some changes to these minor guilds. So hopefully they're going to start being more competitive.
2: Hell yeah! How about these Falconers?
0: All right, so, John, what are the big changes on the Falconers?
2: Uh, the big was the guild rule is Harriers go out for one less now. So instead of paying two, I guess, um, like you can just hard cast Harrier for two and now you can do it for well, one. It's
0: it's one less if what?
2: If Devon is on the pitch. which Yeah, so the Hunters are going to get this benefit, yeah. Yeah, that's your only option right now. Um,
1: well, but that does imply a difference.
2: Right. Well, yeah, it does not
1: imply down, that there will be down the there will be another another captain.
0: But really, what it implies is that you know with that minor guild, the crossover models don't get that benefit. So if the captain of the minor guild isn't on the pitch, they don't get the benefit if they're crossed over. So I think that's really where the that I think you're inferring that there's going to be a captain for this guild soon, but I don't think we can you know extrapolate that yet.
2: Right. So. Onto to Dav- Davana, who was yep. who was always a killing machine. Now she's a super killing machine. Uh, her playbook got better for sure. I remember pl- every time I played her, I felt like I always got to that three at the top of the playbook, and it was non momentous. And I was like, eh. yeah. Now she's got momentous three and a push. Yep, which is badass.
0: I think something also you overlook a little bit is that momentous two on two, because there's times where you wrap to that two with her death from above, right, and there's a big difference between, you know, four damage and then an extra three damage on top of it, so, I mean, yeah, I think that's really good.
2: Which, she's going to wrap more now, because when she removes her harrier to make that attack, now she gets plus five tack instead of plus four, so she's tack 10 before you dodge the the bird over there yep oh dodge the bird over there tack 12 oh yeah Yeah. with a five long playbook
0: yep they moved her tackle up too
2: yeah moved the tackle to three to tackle from range it was a little easier um and then they changed airmail instead of just like teleporting the ball which i never really did they just made it a pass so she gains a she can make a She's a 3 what 312 to kick the ball if she uses airmail. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but I I still think that when it was when you were able to just drop it in possession of another model it was stronger. I don't yeah. know if they
2: were I you just can't see, get it. See, here's dodge, what I don't yeah.
1: know, here's what I don't understand is is it designed so that she can do that so she gets the benefit of a pass, momentum, a dodge, those types of things or is it a nerf because it she doesn't just get to put it where she needs to put it she has to make the pass um, so I, I don't know I basically for me the jury's out on whether or not this change to airmail is a nerf or not
2: I call it I'd call it even right now because you get the benefit of the pass you know you could pass it to the to the bird make a four inch dodge then hack back and make another dodge. But, hmm. I, I mean, just things you can do. And then, so the last thing, she can now take six influence.
1: Yeah, that that was a big one. You always felt like she was a little bit short. And I've played Devana a good amount now. And it felt like she was short on influence. She couldn't get enough done. Um, it's it's really tough with these Falconers to set Devana up because she obviously has to go late. But I think that there are doing a good amount to try and fix them to where at least the other models are getting something done be, besides just putting out Harriers, and it's making it a little bit more worth it. So if you do have to activate Devana early, she does have a little bit more punch in being able to use more influence, being able to get the bird over there, those, well, those types of things I that also, she really needs.
0: I also feel like the way they cleaned up her playbook and... That she can bring six influence now. And I just, I feel like that if you are forced to activate her early, it's not as bad as it was. Like, I feel like her playbook's good enough now where if you have to absolutely activate her or else she's going to die, that you can actually get some decent work done, even though she has to activate without Harriers maybe. So I do like that they clean that up. So she's not totally useless if she activates early.
1: Yeah, they, I, I agree with that. And I think that one thing that they were trying to do here is to say, okay, if you have to activate earlier, early, at least we're giving you an extra influence so you can always get that bird yeah, on and there.
0: Something that I do like, yeah, because you can dodge the bird over and then instead of you're doing like two damage and three damage on those first couple hits. But I also like how with Frelsy, they cleaned up his playbook, but I also love that they gave him Hunter's Prey, so now... If the bird does damage, then you're putting snared out. I mean, I think that's huge.
2: With momentous two damage on two—that's pretty badass.
0: Yeah, and not only yeah, that, really but for parting blows, yeah. like parting blow, boom, snared. Yeah,
2: uh, and, and I think it's fun. The bird's a little better score now because you got the the momentum dodge on ones, really big for me because I like to score with mascots, but
0: yeah, for sure. So, and then the last change that they ended up doing to the Falconers was Rundas.
2: Rundas,
0: the Rundas.
2: I like that guy.
0: So yeah, they, I think they did a better <laughs> job of scaling his playbook.
2: just so three damage on three is always good.
1: Pretty good. Three damage. On yeah, three. they they actually made it to where you can get some good work done now, which is really nice.
0: Well, I also like the three damage and the guild ball at the end of that. So that's that's really cool oh, to see.
2: Three damage dirty knives is dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, two damage dirty knives is pretty dirty, but three damage dirty knives, love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely like the changes that you see with RuneDoss. I, I would definitely play him more in the Falconers now, just because of these slight changes.
1: Well, and I think that's important, just because there are so few options when you're talking about the team, the the minor guild teams. You yeah. You need you need them to have strong squatties.
0: Okay. So. The next minor guild change that I want to talk about is... Let me pull it up real quick. So the order didn't get model changes, but they got a guild rule change. So this guild rule is pretty sweet. So if, if Brisk gets your captain, you get a ball of light. So immediately after the kickoff has been resolved, this team controlling player may place an additional ball in possession of the friendly model within their deployment zone. This ball cannot be used to make a shot, each time the enemy model gains possession of the ball, the enemy model suffers uh, four damage. So you now have an extra ball to kick around and dodge.
2: That is disgusting. <laughs> it is it's so awesome. F- it was so much fun with Potbelly Pass.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you got Potbelly Pass. You got, you know, I'm open. You got all sorts of just cool, cool character plays that you can do with this. The heroic from Spigot. Oh, so. so so it's it's just one of those things now where if you're if you have to kick off as an order player, you now have something to kick around, get momentum, get positioned, maybe to go get a goal.
2: So she could possibly score from 4 8 12 16 like 30 something inches away.
0: I mean if need be, right?
2: <laughs> right, just I just I I know it never happens, but if you put her in one corner, and you line the models up, she could score from that cor- from the opposite corner from the goal, right? Yeah. With I'm open, pop, blade okay, pass. So,
1: so here's a question: She can't be in possession of two balls at once, right? No, she can.
2: She, she can. A ball of light.
1: Yeah. Okay. So she can. Speaking of which, I need to find some way to get like an LED and a light. So that I can turn on a ball of light,
2: right? Just, just because you don't have two balls, that means she can't.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> be sweet. Okay, Scot- so
0: Scatha does it all the time.
1: <laughs> okay, so the uh, the yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think about like good ways to use this. So when uh, yes, yeah, she can bounce all over the place because she has that ball of light now. I like that the idea of an enemy model taking possession of it loses for
0: well yeah and and i was talking
1: points. I was talking to John
0: when we saw this i'm like why would you ever as an enemy player like take that ball and john's like well if you don't want him to get all the
2: fucking extra movement i'm taking that damn ball first thing and kicking it in the corner
0: <laughs> oh you're like fuck this ball yeah screw the ball <laughs>
2: i'm taking this thing i'm kicking it in the corner
1: oh I, I did ask Jamie when I saw this. I was like, hey, can I kick the ball to an opposing model?
0: Yeah, I, I asked John the same thing. It's, it's <laughs> and, in the rules. Uh, he, he said no. <laughs> yeah, it's in the rules. Uh, so, yeah, I think that just that change alone really makes the church pretty interesting to play.
2: I think you can drop the ball sometimes, though, and just dare them to pick it up. Or you come, yeah, right. or you come get it and dodge and get to them yeah <laughs> i don't know it's it's funny i think it's hilarious
0: it's gonna be fun okay and the last minor guild to see changes is the one that has also not a great win record the rat catchers rats so we got our boy piper
2: yeah tackle dodge momentous tackle dodge on one's pretty good
0: That <laughs> so i hear
2: <laughs> that seems that seems good
0: that seems like a good thing yeah. Uh, so the rest of his playbook pretty much looks the same So that hasn't changed But that tackle dodge on one is pretty huge Or sorry, tackle push on
2: one Yeah, sorry, tackle push That's right, he's pushy yeah. Pushy as hell yeah.
0: And then if you look at the back of his card He also had a couple of uh, minor changes The legendary, the push on that Got moved to three inch push Directly towards the chosen goal mm-hmm. Instead of two Which doesn't seem like a lot But when you're moving the entire board That's pretty big Pushy, pushy. Yep.
2: I Maybe mean, that helps. So,
0: It it does help. I mean, I Piper's always been a favorite captain of mine, so I've always been really okay with that.
2: I just love dilemmas.
0: I know. It's just like, hey, you're on the clock. What are you going to do? Hmm. Uh, let's see here. And then Squeak got a slight change. Uh, Dreadful Shriek got moved to two inches instead of one. So, I guess that makes it where you can maybe get a model to jog away.
2: I so guess, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, let's see. here. they changed something on the back of this card? What did they change?
2: Um, he got a legendary play. Oh, what's a legendary? The first mascot with a legendary play? The legendary play is the Rat King. Choose a free ball within eight inches of this model and remove it from the pitch. The, the model's controlling player resolves a goal kick. So he's got killed the ball for his, um, for his yeah, legendary. That, from, from that a, seems pretty good.
0: <laughs> that seems pretty good.
2: When you think when you think somebody's going to kick the ball in the corner on you on, Just on a kickoff, the <laughs> yeah, let the rat go get it.
0: That's uh, that's pretty entertaining. I like that. That's pretty cool. And then the last, uh, yeah, the last one that saw a change is Pelage got a slight tweak.
2: Yeah, Pelage got it. I think Pelage got a lot better because their playbook's pretty nasty right now.
0: Yeah, so she got a damage on one. She Now she has a two momentous damage. Or she had damage on one, but the two momentous damage on two is really big.
2: Singled out tackle on two. That's, <laughs> that's
0: not terrible. That's an
2: interesting result. I like it.
0: Yeah. And then she has three, and she tops out at four damage. So she hits a little harder than, uh, than she was.
2: A little more survivable, 12 hit points.
0: Yeah, and I think that needed to happen because she was just so easy to kill. Like, and it wasn't even from like like melee. It was easy to kill from like other things, like scything blow, or you know, uh, egret. You know, maybe snap or uh, poisoning. You know, with uh, whatever whatever the hell her two inch poison shots called. Whatever. yeah yeah but the point is you didn't even need to directly hit her to kill her ten ten damage isn't that hard to get on a squishy model like that, so the fact that she's twelve boxes now definitely helps out
2: make her playable in morticians,
0: yeah and her damage outputs a lot higher like the fact that yeah she's still squishy, but the potential damage makes her very interesting.
2: You take a all female killer morticians,
0: yeah you know that would be pretty pretty funny
2: toss it scalpel her. Yep. All
0: right. So we got through all of all of the rata changes. So we know that the hunters got screwed. Sorry, John.
2: Yeah. What a really fun. What a fun errata makes everybody really excited to play the game.
0: Everybody except for the hunters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was there anybody that was the big winner here? So besides John being a big old
2: loser. I know exactly. What? A, I think it's obvious who the big winner was. It's the butchers because they didn't get freaking nerfed
0: yeah butchers i think came out of this pretty strong not gonna lie
1: they're not that's they they adjusted the thing that makes the game better which is that tenderizer bubble
0: yeah but here's the problem the fact that we're going to talk about this captain that they got in a second plus they're getting these cooks models that are really good so (laughs) yeah they are i and we're not going to talk about the cooks today but we'll talk about them soon because they're going to drop the the rest of the guild here, but man, those cooks are going to be good, especially in the butchers.
2: Yeah, let's get it over with. Why are the butchers? Yeah, especially with
1: Vet Captain Boar.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we got new captains as well. So yeah, Vet Captain Boar's thing. Uh, what do you guys think about this guy?
2: I mean, just is are we going to s- are you going to see other guilds at tournaments now, or are you just going to see butchers with people playing boar?
0: I mean, we had nine butcher players at Bourbon Trail Open
2: before Boar. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and Boar, he he does look like a lot of fun. He puts out a ton of damage, and we're not going to go over the card because we are doing it in the other episode we dropped today. But he's like Boar, but he wants to make everybody else fucking crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, John, you actually kind of sat down and and made a made a six with him. What was the six that you made and what were some things you noticed about it?
2: Um, I played with him, Princess, Shank, Fed Ox, Boiler, and Brisket? And brisket, yeah. And holy shit. Just no no, sorry, I played roast instead of brisket. I just went all killing. Okay. Yeah, just because fun. I just thought it'd be fun. And while it's hot. On anybody, and then let Boiler take the free berserk from Boar. Holy crap! Boiler will kill anything, anything, every, any anybody you put on the pitch will kill something. Yeah, it's so broken.
0: <laughs> well, and we said that yeah, it's going to be super, super killy, super good. But we both agreed that a control guild is still going to be tough for
1: Boar.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's not going to be an auto drop. No, he's not. Like so it's I think that it it adds a dimension that ox doesn't have, and it adds a dimension that Flay doesn't have, so it really does a good job of meeting a giving a third way that somebody can play, which is fun and exciting and new yeah it it definitely is exciting, just I
0: mean even just as legendary, right, the fact where everybody becomes furious and you know people can become you know. This berserking, crazy monster. It's just like it. It just it's scary to see on the pitch. Like if you can't control this chaos, it's just your team is going to get destroyed.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing is. It, it, my thing that makes him so good is he's going to take two influence. Yeah, I mean, what, how many captains in the game give out more influence than they take?
1: Yeah. Right. None. No new thing. New experience. Right, which fun
2: fun things. Which is like one one of the few things holding butchers back is they didn't have enough influence to kill you because they usually weren't scoring a goal. Now so they, they, do. they were limited. Now, oh my god, if Brisket scores a goal first first turn, you max out everybody then everybody you want to. Maybe you don't maybe you can't max max the dog out, but the I mean if, if Butcher's win percentage isn't the high, highest after this by far, I don't know, I that I'm seeing, I'm missing something.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, looking at it guys, I mean, is this the best of the new captains or do you guys like one of the other captains as well?
2: I think it's close to the I think it's best by a little bit.
0: Okay, so what's the next best captain that's coming out now?
2: Uh, Yukai.
0: Okay, so Yukai they're really interesting so what what makes yukai definitely interesting and and different from what we've seen so far
2: <laughs> you score you, you score, score and keep going <laughs> it's so fun yes.
0: yeah so the fact that if you it's called last catch or last cast catches the most where if you don't run the length after you score a goal that model's activation doesn't end
2: uh so, no friendly I mean, models you, you, so that's for everybody. When, it, it, I, when while she's on the or he, while, while they are on the pitch, yeah. Sorry, while they're on the pitch. Wow, you really stumbled
1: over that, Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay, we got it. I'm working on it. it. I'm working on it. I like it. Um,
0: yeah, because the reason why we're saying they and there is because this is a captain that has no assigned sex or is not. It's just non-binary, right? We don't. Right. We don't know.
2: Which is I. Which. I'm glad I read that today because I assumed first, kind of looking at the card, that it was a female. It was going to be female, but non-binary. Yeah. So they. So while they're on the pitch, any friendly model that scores a goal does not use that doesn't use run the league Can so anybody if Angel goes first scores, oops, keeps going.
0: Yeah, and it's like okay, I'm gonna link and hey, Fathom, you can go ahead and go score now.
2: That's so gross. I think it's got to be the other one. I think Fathom has a score because Angel's not linked. Fathom's linked. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. whichever way it is. So score with Fathom, then Angel can go next.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> or good. Yeah, so, the, so what you'll see a lot of fish players do, I'm sure, is set it up to where they're going to win the initiative at the beginning of a turn. And then as they win that initiative... Uh, They're trying to set it up to where Fathom is in scoring range. Then Fathom still gets her full turn and see what can happen with that. Uh, Scoring, obviously, at the beginning. And then, you know, continues the turn if there's anything good. (laughs) And then Angel goes from there and is able to get another one.
0: Well, because since her activation doesn't end, if you go and tackle the ball and score a goal... If you haven't used Fathom's dodge or movement, you could then go get the ball where they throw it in. And then if you have an influence, maybe kick it to where Angel can get it or kick to Angel and then link activation and then boom, there goes Angel. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see this, uh, this setup.
2: Or you score with you in the middle of the pitch and wherever they kick the ball, if it's not snapped, use the legendary and just move a player within 10, 10 inches of you and snap the ball up. <laughs>
0: Or do break the surface and move the ball within four inches. Oh my goodness. Of its last place and then kick another goal.
2: So gross. You gotta hope you gotta hope the ball snaps to somebody.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you have to with Yukai on the board, you just have to be very careful where you put the ball because if you don't, they're just gonna go crazy and just get three <laughs> goals in like one turn.
2: So much fun. So fun but so annoying. It's going to be so yeah. annoying to play against. Yeah, it's going to take I'm, it's guy. going to take
0: a little bit to get used to.
1: I'll say this, we talked about who's the best captain. You a good UKI player will be better than a good vet captain board player. Um, you think
0: the ce- you think the ceiling's higher on a UKI?
1: Yeah. I yeah, th- yeah, just because like once you know how to like combine all of that janky stuff Boar is pretty straightforward
2: I think they're both controllable but eh, yeah.
1: sure like I I don't think either of them are broken but the the player that masters Yukai will be able to have all sorts of cool options and more unexpected options Boar for instance if you really want that great turn of him being able to charge everyone at you he has to go first Yukai can do crazy stuff at any given time, depending on which levers you want to pull in a turn.
0: I tell you what, something that I like that they're starting to do with these new captains is I like that they're just putting like almost like an ox ability where it's like, hey, if they're on the pitch, this just happens, right? So I like that, just while this model's on the pitch, you get this ability. So I
1: love that they're starting to do that
0: with more and more captains. Yeah, it's just just the thing.
1: It's better than the Ox ability, because Ox's ability is an Aura, you have to manage being inside of it. I actually am kind of concerned about it just being, hey, you can just do this if you're on the pitch. I would like to see there be some Auras involved, and that way you couldn't, because... I kind of feel like what they're doing is everyone remembers the story of the first time that I played season brisket with you. And I just bounced her all the way across the pitch because I didn't recognize that there was a distance to her legendary play. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like these unlimited distance changes are doing something like that. So I I wouldn't mind them being reined in, even if it's, a 10 inch range or something
0: like
1: that. Yeah. Yep. It's
0: just, it's going to be fun to see what Yukai can do. So the next captain that I'm excited about is Morn. So the creepy little, you know, ring chick crawling out of the well. I like a lot of the stuff this captain does. It's very support captain. She's not going to do a lot of direct work, but the fact that she can give plus two tack to somebody and, that's better than singled out in some ways because you don't have to hit to get it. You can just give it to a model, you know, turn one and just go. Right. You just uh, you just
2: give it to Casket and go put somebody in the box.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I also like that she can dodge people. And then the last thing is with her character traits is that she can basically put out empathy where if you damage this model, you're not getting any momentum. So it it's just she makes it where there's a lot of negatives to hitting certain models and the hollowed on top of grave candle means like you can just make it where it's like totally not going to be worth going into certain models. Like if you put hollowed on like ghast where you're going to have to get through feared and you're not going to get any momentum. And once you finally do kill him, which you're going to trigger rising anger, once you finally do kill him, Then basically Grave Candle pops, and then you're not killing them. You get the two victory points, but they're still there.
2: Yeah, and then they just kill you back.
0: Yeah. So I I like that Grave Candle is just a cool ability, which means like you guys have both been there. And, John, I don't know if one of these happened to you over the weekend, but there's times where your opponent spikes their dice, and maybe a model dies when they probably wouldn't have normally. Right. So you lose like four influence because – your opponent spikes their dice and now that model's just dead. Right. So it's nice. That grave candle makes it where it's like, okay, you, you still get the two victory points, but I still can use that model's influence. Cause they're going to pop back up. Uh, and then I also like faded once per turn, uh, you basically get to reroll dice. So something that's really important, maybe you're trying to kill captain or maybe you're trying to score like a game winning goal and you whiff it. If she's nearby, you can go ahead and reroll that.
2: Yeah. So, are you saying Morn is good enough to get Scalpel off the pitch?
0: Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just Absolutely said that. Fucking not. I, I was just saying it is exciting that some of her abilities are really cool.
2: Okay, just that's the only question I had.
0: <laughs> oh man. Could, and then the last captain, Steeljaw John. Talk to me about Steeljaw. It, is this is this going to make you play hunters? Nope. No. Did not make up. Why not? For it.
2: You're such a hater. It doesn't make up for it. I mean, I still John's cool. I mean, it's it's a, it really, really they just go all out on the whole trap thing. Um, but I just I think the biggest limit is I can only have five traps on the pitch. Now, if I could put ten or fifteen traps on the pitch, I'd be all about some steel. <laughs>
0: <John>. <laughs> I will say, John is super annoying with his trap placement. Like John may forget, you know, a blessing of the sun father once in a while but he does not forget about his traps traps
2: traps traps i love traps i mean yeah i'm definitely going to try steel jaw out um i think the biggest thing is that expert trapper adding weak pointer bleed to the traps is
0: hell yeah man
2: that and bait man that and bait bait's hilarious just six inch pulse it automatically happens two people are going get, to get in a trap Boop. Yep. see you <laughs> and then a legendary play <laughs> legendary play just five traps wherever you want yeah
0: yeah, and she the I like disarm and weak point, but the problem is if you get a two inch reach model on her, that doesn't matter anymore.
2: Right. I just, I, I mean, I like I like her. She seems fun, but I mean, how good is she? Like, I don't know.
0: Do you like her legendary where she can basically put down, like, pick up and put down five friendly trap markers?
2: No, because if I have like a trap. I can't use it when I have a trap that's placed where I need it to be because I have to remove traps. I don't know. I just I think the limit of traps on the pitch, be at five, kind of still hurts them. I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, want more traps.
0: I mean, but you could do like, I mean, because you could all. So imagine this: if you're if she goes into a team that's like scrummed up, she could do like I don't know her legendary put down five traps. And then all of a sudden she's pushing models and doing weak points and bleeds to like the entire team.
2: Yeah, she could. She's not gonna be able to push them all though, because she can only bait huh. bait once per turn and push one of them or push two of them. But yeah. I mean, the other thing is, um, she's got another one of those things where hey, this is my thing while I'm on the pitch. So while she's on the pitch, friendly human models game big game traps. So there's already going to be traps everywhere.
1: Yeah. I do think, though, that, John, you should find an excuse to pick her in a tournament and, as you reveal her hit Fetty Wap's Trap Queen as her intro song.
2: (laughs) I don't know what that is, but okay.
0: I don't know either,
1: but... Okay, well, people that know what that is, they will think that's funny.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) She's all about that trap game.
1: (laughs) She is.
0: (laughs) All right, so we've been talking about a lot of stuff. So just kind of uh, overall, I think this errata is pretty good. Um, if I was playing Hunters right now, I'd probably be a little pissed off like John, but I think you've been pretty tame, John. I thought you were going to get a little more fired up. Well,
2: I didn't want to call anybody any bad names.
0: <laughs> Mainly Jamie?
2: Yeah. Dick.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, man. But butchers kind of, like we said, came out of this untouched. Morticians are still looking pretty strong uh, with the new captains coming out. I mean, I think fish and butchers are probably the winners there.
2: Yeah, it's going to go back to lots of – it's going to be lots of fish and lots of butchers on the pitch.
0: It's going to be very interesting. And this is all going to be live and ready to go for these tournaments coming up. Yeah. Like we got – we got, like, Spring Fling coming up. Got
2: Adepticon.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Adepticon is going to be really interesting. Uh, Even the Raleigh warm-up we're going to is going to be really interesting. Which, speaking of this, what I want to talk about with the parting blow... going to be really interesting. John's going to be playing Butchers at this Raleigh warm-up. And Chris is also going, and he is also playing Butchers at the Raleigh warm-up. So... Looking at this, the talk was who's going to be the master butcher after this tournament on the podcast. And John thinks that he has a shot at, you know, unseating Chris for the best butcher player.
2: I think I do.
1: Yeah, we've seen people claim to be the master butcher against me before. And it ended with them getting 12-old.
0: So we actually put a bet on this. We're going to see who the best butcher player is at that tournament and the winner gets something or something happens to the loser we don't know yet because what we decided to do is we're going to leave this up to the listeners and on either twitter or facebook
2: preferably facebook because i don't have twitter
0: yeah so preferably facebook but i'll be on twitter tell us what you think the bet should be between chris and john for who wins and who loses this butcher matchup so the winner gets maybe something from Chris, or maybe the loser has to do something. We've already talked. We're not going to do anything stupid like shaving, you know, the loser's head or anything. But if you come up with an idea that we like to determine the winner and loser of this bet, like what's going to happen to them, I got a limited edition rage model that I'm going to give away to the person that comes up with the idea that we like the most.
2: Yeah. The bad thing for, for you, Chris, is if I don't win this bet, it's just me playing a new guild, man. I'm still learning, whatever. But if you lose this bet, man... Gonna, you should be, you I, should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not going to let you live it down very easily. You
1: know, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious that you say that because that's not how anybody listening is going to view it. It is. Like, every everybody listening just thinks that you're a better player than me. So, they, it's the opposite of what you're saying. Nobody
2: thinks like, that like at all. I'm terrible.
1: You, you might think that, oh, I just won't let Chris live this down. If he loses, but the reality is to like all the people listening around the world, they just assume (laughs) you're better than me. So you're the one that will get embarrassed if you lose this. Not at all. (laughs) Okay. It's my first turn. It'll be
2: my first tournament without hunters and like ever.
0: (laughs) At least a year and some months. Definitely.
2: Well over a year.
0: So yeah, I mean. Go ahead and reply to either Facebook or Twitter, let us know what you think the winner and the loser should get out of this bet, and if we like it, we're going to give you a free limited edition Rage model. So That Chris. Yeah, man.
1: And there are some parameters to this bet, by the way. Yeah. Most most notably, we are not using that stupid strength of schedule So if you
0: guys finish with the same record,
1: we agreed it, it
0: would be a tie. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, if we have the same record, it's just a tie. None of that strength to schedule bullshit.
2: Only because that's the only way Chris would agree to it. I didn't care. No, w-
1: that shit is so fucking broken. Uh, Either way, I'm gonna
0: tell Lon that sometime during that tournament you both need to get set up head to head. So that'll take care of the whole thing. Top
2: table. Well,
1: then why do we have to worry about like the our end rank or our end?
0: So finish? cause like, here's the thing. So if you guys why don't we just if, decide it based on that then? Well, if if you guys play, let's say that we just take the head to head. If you guys don't play, we got to take the record, and then if it's a tie, then it's
1: just a tie. Okay. So, so wait, wait. This
2: is getting more confusing.
0: (laughs) Well, because if you guys, if if you guys go head to that
1: decides it.
0: If you guys go head to head, I mean, that pretty much settles it, doesn't it?
1: Well, that's what I think. Sure. So, because I mean, like, honestly, like if somebody goes like four and two, and the other person goes three and three, but the three and three guy beat the four and two guy. Like I as far as I'm concerned, then it doesn't matter. Like, obviously in the in the mirror butcher versus butcher, the three and three guy was better than the four and two guy, and they might have just randomly played whoever else to get to the other points in the record. Well, but it, yeah,
2: there definitely won't be that many rounds. So
0: No, it's probably only gonna be like four or five rounds. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun tournament if if you're in the uh the southern region and you want a fun tournament i think we're already up to like 16 or 17 people for the raleigh warm-up it is march 23rd and it's at game theory which is in uh raleigh north carolina so yeah come get some good games in yeah come up with
2: a good idea for us because i guess pete will be sending out the limited edition rage so you actually get it at a decent time from now
0: yeah i usually send them out pretty quick
1: Hey, you yep. know what? I never promised a timeline.
0: <laughs> so, any other parting blows before we uh, get ready to sign off here, guys? I don't think so. Okay, John, you got anything?
2: I don't like you guys. Steamforged. <laughs> Not you too.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so just uh some parting blows, some some end of the show notes here. If you guys uh listen up next week, we're going to talk about the rest of the Miner Guild. Uh we'll talk also about some of those new uh, cooks models, and then we're going to do our captain of the week that rage. So, got a lot coming up next week. Uh, we, as always, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, always putting stuff out there for people. If you guys check out YouTube, we're starting to put more videos out, so you guys can check that out. Not only are we doing Guild Ball content, but if you like Warhammer Underworlds, that's something else that I'm starting to put together with a new host on Rage Quit Wire, Evan and yeah that's, that's a pretty good time if you like underworlds or as some people yelled at me they're like "Oh, shade spire it's like well whatever the fuck you want to call it right um
1: yeah so also if people like a more like pg clean version of rage cool wire
0: yeah so we are keep we are keeping we're calling it fired up because uh, it's a character basically like a character play in guild ball but it's for that and yeah we're keeping it a little cleaner because there is a younger audience with that game I feel like so Evan and I both agreed we're gonna keep it clean. So those of you that hate listening to us cuss all the time, that's actually gonna be a clean podcast. Um, I actually at,
1: think this is hilarious because I think all the people that hate hearing us cuss all the time already don't listen to that. Don't listen to us so they won't hear that that little tidbit that yeah. you just gave us. Yeah, you know,
0: word of mouth and whatnot. But as always, if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and sign up on Patreon or Patreon. We'll, we always give out cool stuff to our patrons. Uh, we send them dice, shirts, whichever level they're signed up for, and they always get first crack at all the materials. So definitely appreciate anybody that supports us that way. And, yeah, I mean, that being said, I think we're ready to roll dice, throw salt, and we're going to go into Season 4.1 with some new guilds. Word. Especially, especially John. <laughs> I'm
1: sticking to the same
0: Me too.
2: Until they get nerfed into the ground. (laughs) All
1: right, we're out.